Alright folks, welcome back to the new episode of Mostly Ghostly. Um, with myself and Ray Booten. And uh, we have a guest with us today, Cindy Lou. How you doing over there, Cindy Lou? Hi there, hi Ray, hey. How you doing? We're doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty great. good. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, we were just briefly talking about how the the numbers are coming in for the show. We're doing real good, so thank you to everybody out there listening. Um, we've um, would you say we're going? We're in different countries. We have listeners in different countries now that we're commenting on the on the videos. Ray, is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah, down in the, we've got some comments coming out of uh, South America and also from some countries out in the Pacific Rim, out in Asia. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. We've been uh, rocking it with guests lately. Uh, anybody out there, you know, if they haven't checked out the, the, some of the latest episodes with like Draco Paranormal and uh, Metro West um, Paranormal Investigation, um, those are a lot of good stories from different places. Metro West is Massachusetts, but Draco is West Virginia. Um, so for people that don't really, you know, if local people that don't reach don't get that folklore from different states there's your way of getting it getting your daily dose and we just wrapped up our um we did kind of like a mini series of haunted massachusetts areas where we broke down it was a five-part series about you know the different places the last one we did was the cape area uh before that was like southern massachusetts we also had some central mass greater boston western um I'm forgetting one. I only I only had four, I think, there. But uh, they're all on the page. You know, everybody go check it, check the show out where you listen to podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify as well. And follow it. Go on those pages and follow the page. That's your best bet to, um, unless you're going to wait for us to put it on the Facebook page and then catch it that way. If you're on one of the pages, as soon as the episode goes up, you get a notification. So... Fantastic. So back to our guest this evening, Cindy Lou. <laughs> How do you do? It's, it stopped raining over there. It was raining for a little bit, and then the skies yeah, opened Yeah, the sun up. is peeking over out here in Wareham. Absolutely. Like it's it. trying to come through. It's lightening up here. Now you come to us today with stories of um, haunted gen gentlemen's club. Situations. Entertainment. Adult entertainment. Adult entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah. um, I've worked at a couple different clubs, and, you know, this one, definitely uh, something special about Front Street in Woonsocket, that's for sure. Now, Ray, you were saying there was some, Woonsocket was the home of some other paranormal stuff, right? Uh, locally, actually, I should say nationally, because groups have gone in and investigated. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's an old monastery up there that's haunted. Ooh. Uh, a lot of land, <laughs> land around it, and it has stories to do with people who were uh, killed in the area. The other thing is that uh, the terrain up there and the, the hills, the rock outcrops, a lot of it has quartz in it, mm. and that's high energy, and that lends itself to spiritual uh, spirits and experiences. Right next door in Lincoln, Rhode Island, there's a place I used to go and several of my friends where there was a portal. You could literally stand and start to get glimpses of other places as you 
because it would fluctuate now and then. And you could almost see into another world. Hello? Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy place. I heard a it's hello. It's beginning. It's already started, and I haven't even gotten into the story yet. <laughs> well, it doesn't want to be told. They, they, they very... Sometimes they don't yeah. like to be told, but they need to be told. It needs, it needs to be told. And, you know, honestly, I sometimes when I tell the few select people I've shared this story with, I feel like I need to be hooked up to a, what is it, a, a lie detector test or something because it's really wild. And, uh, and if I wasn't there with Heather, you know, to see it and experience it, I would question myself. Ray is a human lie detector test, believe it or not. Yeah. He'll call Bring you it. Up. So that, the the monastery, real quick. I want to jump back to that. Now, that's what like a, re- yeah. a religious compound where they train to be religious, or is that just where like nuns live? What, what's that? What is that? Uh, that would be more like monks and monks. and uh, priest. If you're talking about a monastery, previously, I think there was a settlement on there, and people were slaughtered. There was um, go far enough back. There's some uh, Native American activity, so it's it's a hot spot. Hmm. And at one point, I don't know how many years back, I know at least part of the monastery burnt down. There's still some up there, but the activity is still intense in the area. I always find it interesting when those spiritual religious places are haunted. You know, you think of all places that would be uh, the spirit, you know, even if there was death there where the, the death, you know, the spirit would be able to roam into the next realm. It would be somewhere peaceful like that, but... You know, not always, not always the case, you know? Uh, sometimes it's not what it what it appears. I remember one time I was up in Salem taking a ghost tour, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to see what was happening. And we were at this location, which was a prison, and they were telling stories about the prison, and they were telling stories about how people see what they think is a hooded figure, an executioner moved through. Hmm. Some, some of the guides have quit. Uh, some of the people went through, and this was at the end of the tour. It's late at night, and I'm getting a little tired, so I leaned up against the side of the building. And then I bounced right off the wall. I came straight myself up. The person I, I was with, I said, no, that's not an executioner. Take priest, a monk or something. That's not an executioner. And the guy turns around and says, and by the way, this prison was built on the old site of a monastery. Mm. So the monks, at least one of them, was still roaming around. Maybe wasn't too happy that there was a prison. There had been a prison there, and the things that happened and the executions in that prison. Well, the monks, monks are what Buddhists, right? Is monk a Buddhist, or is that just a, a term for a holy person? Buddhist, I put right? it. Uh, I'd say ho- uh, term for holy person. Okay. And there was a prison before it that you don't think it it jived with the fact that people were killed for, you know, whatever reason? Uh, The monastery was first, and then the prison was built over the the monastery. Yeah. So you think that there'd be like a guilt or, or some weird vibe that would keep a monk... Like knowing that what is what happened there that would keep them them there. I don't know what the history of the monastery was. I'd be curious to look that up uh-huh. uh, and see why a monk would still be hanging around. But it didn't feel like a uh, a uh, an executioner. 
Hmm. And I get the definite, definite impression of a uh, monk or priest. Interesting. So, uh, Cindy Lou, like, how, how are you? Are you a believer in ghosts and the paranormal? Uh, listen, I, 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 all the time, weird, unexplained stuff happens around me, and I, and I hope I get to share more with you um, than the, just this story, yeah. um, and hopefully have the other people that experienced it with me, um, you know, it, it, share their part in their view of, of what's experienced around me and, and what, what's happened. Um, multiple different clubs. This one, definitely a hot spot, definitely a wake coming to work and bottles would fly off of, you know, the, the bartenders will tell you off of the shelves, the door downstairs in the bathroom in the ladies' room would bang, definitely a presence in there. You go in very heavy mm. in that ladies' room, you know. Um, the club is beautiful. I'm not sure, Matt, if you ever got down to that one. I know you did. Uh, Temptations. Wrestling. Wrestling. <clears throat> yeah. But but not but maybe not Woonsocket, but it was, it was beautiful. It, it, it still is. It's a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous club. And, um, you know, the the owner there, he was very generous. He brought me in. Obviously, I live in Wareham, and Woonsocket is, is quite a drive. I had an hour and a half commute when, you know, Providence traffic was merciful, you know. And uh, and he he gave me and extended to me an apartment. He owns a couple of those apartments on Front Street. Um, and Heather, you know, uh, helps out DJ Stan the Man. Of course. And she and I moved in together across the street, um, you know, and, and had a little two-bedroom apartment there. It's, it's a really cute little place, but... Woo! Before, before we jump into the apartment, we'll talk a little bit about the club, because I know the, the apartment's kind of like the uh, the icing on the cake, yeah. if I remember correctly. So, do you know why any, like, any of the stories uh, of what may may have happened, or why so, things yeah, might have happened? Yeah, I know it was a rough, 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 rough club, you yeah. know, when I got there, I know they, they turned one club, um, you know, they, they completely renovated it, and mm-hmm. it was a... Cinderella story if there's going to be one for a, for a gentleman's club anyway, uh, a strip club. And the owner, um, really upscale attitude, um, you know, went in and, in, in, in just, just changed everything. But before, you know, um, from what I understand, it was pretty run down. It was, I think, a place, um, you know, that just had a bad reputation in town, uh, for being like the bad bar, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably some stuff went on there, but, you know, um, as I shared the stories with the, with the locals that would come in, um, of my daily experiences with whatever was going on there, you know, cash registers opening and, uh, and just, just think electricity went out one day, like, come on, what's going on guys? Um, you know, it just, just things like that. They would share with me too. Um, like there was a Chinese food place down the, down the road and, and that guy, that owner would come in and he'd be like, yeah, my, my place is haunted too. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got slam and doors myself and, and this is just a normal conversation. Um, and it, and it, it, it's going down. <laughs> so, um, lots of different experiences there, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what was there before. Um, but definitely a female presence in their bathroom anyway, very, you know, sadness in, in that bathroom, uh, in the door, like I said, would slam, uh, out of nowhere and just no, no explanation for it. Maybe there was like a girl that would do things in that bathroom back when it was a bar and just something happened to her. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but like bottles flying around and a lot of the bangs and stuff, that's very common paranormal activity. And the register is probably like an electronic thing, wouldn't you say, right? Because, you know, 
spirits like to move through electricity and uh, such like that. Well, you're going to have to go take a look at how long ago it was because uh, I'm old enough to remember where registers were ma- uh, manual. You banged keys. It was not. Yeah. And you did the addition, a lot of the uh, change addition and stuff yourself. There was nothing uh, electrical, electronic about it. So it might be a physical thing that way. The electronics, if they had it, that's supplying energy they can tap into and they can use. Since the whole street seems to be kind of have paranormal activity, I wonder if that was some type of battleground or something way back when. Interested to know. Yeah, I mean, you said the stuff about the Native Americans being there, Ray, and I know a lot of Native Americans got killed, um, got slaughtered and such, and vice versa, that... um, I wonder if, like, there was a battle or something that was fought on that street. It's a big main street, I'm guessing, right? Um, It kind of circles around. It's kind of like one of the main arteries in in Woonsocket as far as roads go. It kind of connects everything together from the two sides of it. And then in the middle, you have the falls there. You know, they, Mm. they call it, you know, I think it's the River Falls. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but I heard voices. I mean, they, they they were redoing the dressing room downstairs. He was really good to the girls over there. And he built another dressing room. But I would go in and I would hear voices and I would think that they were in there. And, and there would, time after time, it just, I, I wasn't surprised anymore. The first couple times it startled me. And then it was just a normal thing for me to hear voices of people that I couldn't speak. Kind of go with it. Was it were, <laughs> you know? Were they just were they saying your name or were they saying other things? No, they were talking. Like I could hear what they were. I could hear them talking. I couldn't quite make out what they were saying, but mm-hmm. I I could hear them like they were there. And I would, in some cases when I was really busy, you know, and needed um, you know them out of the dressing room, which was always um, such a, a great fun task to do. You know, and they don't want to move. Um, you know, and. and I dumbfounded and, and I looked kind of silly because I was yelling at people that weren't there. Hmm. <laughs> well, they do happen to say that when when a lot of paranormal activity will kick up when there's renovations going on because you know the, the spirits that were there from the past don't like the fact that you're kind of messing with their their with their, their home, if you will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense, and they, they if they renovated it a lot, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure that that was probably the case. I wonder if they, if those gentlemen ghosts got got off on watching the lovely ladies walking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder. Was there any weird occasions where people would be, like, freaking out? I know that, you know, the environment every now and then you might run into something wild, but was there... Uh, did would you see? Were there any like r- real changes in moods or attitudes more so there than any other of the uh, establishments you've worked in? Um, you know, these the when I got there, it was just a very homely mm-hmm. um club with like you know the hometown girls in there. It wasn't as you know they had just renovated and the girls were used to it. Yeah, they, it was not you know what I mean. It, they were kind of like immune to it because they, mm-hmm. they knew something, you know, it was it was just common knowledge that it's it kind of weird. Um, most of the time, it was alive as far as the music bump in and, yeah. it, and it's alive, but most, most of the things that I experienced happened when um, we were either opening up or we had closed down for the night, you know, not really... Um, anything as far as when when the when the club is alive itself, but when yeah. it had closed down, you know, uh, certain 
uh, energy definitely let, let, let you know it was there, that's for sure. Hey, Ray, I got a quick question for you. In a, yeah. in a situation like that where the, the energy, it's alive and the energy's up and everybody's having a good time, you think it's less likely to see or hear something? We'll probably hear something because of the, the music and stuff, but see something because of the, you know, everybody else's energy is to the roof, so to speak, that, that they might not be able to come through? I don't think it's not able to come through. I think that in a situation like that, the people are so focused on what was going on. Yeah. Everything else was blocked out. It would take a monumental event for them to notice. I can see where music, which is a vibration that reaches out, and all of that energy of the people in there, uh, that could attract a lot, uh, a lot of other energies and spirits, so that once all of that, uh, once it shuts down, then they're there, they're left there. They've been drawn there, and they're in the building now because of that energy, because of that vibration, because of that music. And that's, that's when you're going to see them manifest. And if they were, if, if before it was a gentleman's club, if it was more of a, a calmer, relaxed, not so much of a party atmosphere, um, and the spirits were from that type of existence, do you think that they'd be upset by the fact that there was now like a party atmosphere going on? Um, that's a possibility. Like you were saying, when people renovate, they're yeah. uh, upset with the changes because they're still living, I'll use that term, or existing. Uh, in the past, that they relate to things in this world the way they were, which is quite often uh, why they get upset when you do renovate. They're changing something. They don't want it changed. They're, ho they're still here because they're holding on to the past, and they don't want you to change the past. So if you put a club in, no matter what type of club, into a location that used to be quiet, besides the energies you're bringing, any that are still there, are going to be upset. They don't want that change. They want everything to go the way it was. They kind of relive or redo their life when they were on this earth. Yeah. I've been reading up a little bit on this thing called dominant. This is kind of a side thing, but dominant frequencies where sounds and vibrations can actually change your mood and change the way you think and stuff like that. We'll get into it in a, a different episode, but I thought that was interesting. So I could see with like, you know, pumping out the vibes and a lot of people, you know, have dabbled in it uh, with their music. I want to say Marilyn Manson's a guy that dab when they make mix down their music, they, they, they do it at weird frequencies. So like it has more of an effect on people. Um, sure. Yeah. Music definitely has an effect. DJs have a responsibility, I think, at the clubs at night to play a certain selection because it is that profound on people, their mood, uh, based off of what kind of music they're playing. I, I witnessed it. All DJs except for DJs, Dan, the man who has no responsibilities, except the potty. <laughs> um, they get the groove on. But... Um, yeah, and it, that's one of the, the music's a powerful thing, you know. It's one of those things I think we've talked about it before. It's kind of like magic. When you really think of music, it's like magic because you can't see it, you can't feel it, but it can it, it can change your mood. It can make you feel sad, and make you feel happy. It has this power over you know your psyche. You know what I mean? So in, in a way, it's like music, which is very weird but true. You know, when when you think about it, it's kind of a weird element, and it's ancient. You know, music's been around forever. It, not like you know 
it, it varies, of course, and evolves. But like in, in in the beginning, in the beginning of time, they were, you know banging two sticks together to get a groove. You know what I mean? There was always type, always it was always like kind of a form of entertainment. I feel. Um. But yeah, well, so you, there, yeah, there have been uh, worldwide music is used in sacred ceremonies, and it is used uh, by shamans, a uh, variety of different people. There is, uh, there used to be a CD out there, uh, Chakra Chants, and the individual that put it together went around the world to get the sounds that different cultures, uh, older cultures used to kind of tune the body, and the chakras in the body. Mm. And it runs for about an hour, and it's interesting that um, one person in particular I'm thinking of, when they listen to it, when they're doing the section on the base chakra, which is in the lower abdomen near the groin area, if it's not clear, they get cramps. Hmm. So the vibrations, and also like in Native American and other cultures, you have shamanic drumming. That's 120 beats a minute. Right. You're subjected to that for a while, and you start to go on a journey a trip because the beats and the vibrations resonate with things in your brain and your energies and it alters it so it's kind of a drugless way it's using sound to take that trip and hopefully if you've prepared yourself connect with either your ancestors or your spirit guides well even like a low hum even doing a low hum is like meditation wouldn't it be like a you know what I mean keying in on it yeah, it is. There's a lot of sounds used in, in uh, different cultures, and they all alter uh, your perception. Uh, many of them can alter or enhance it, I'd rather say, that we limit ourselves by blocking everything out in the world and focus on the mundane. And these uh, sounds, these chants, uh, these prayers, these mantras, uh, they're for opening yourself back up to the greater existence or universe the other dimensions yeah there's a culture that like taps their chest until it event like a drum until it eventually makes like a like a, yeah like a I forget which culture that is but they got that I think the rock whatever the rock is I think the, he, his that culture of people that he comes from is like a, and they like bang on their chest and make use their body as an instrument type deal but Back to Cindy Lou. Um, so you'd have bottles flying off the walls. You'd have you'd be hearing voices and such. Um, yeah, slamming doors. The girls would say they saw like a, a shadow person. Shadow people um, very big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like just it was it was you know kind of like a, a normal thing after a while just to have stuff pop up over there. Um, you know. How long did you work there until you started hearing or noticing things? Was it right off the bat, or did it take a little time to warm um, up? Yeah, it was probably right off the bat because, um, you know, he was building that dressing room. I didn't even know. There mm -hmm. was just, you know, right behind a wall, and I, and I just never went there, so I didn't even realize what he was doing. Um, but, it, you know, the two different dress, the two rooms that the, were, you know, where the girls got ready and stuff were completely, like, they were separate. Um and just I like, couldn't explain things, you know, things would move and I hear things and just, just right off the bat, definitely, uh, you know, the, its presence was, was known there, definitely. Uh, a lot, would you say there's a lot of movement inside, like, the dressing room? 
Yeah, the dressing room area was in the basement area of it. And I would say, you know, on the first floor, um, you know, the bottles would fly off the the bar and, um, you know, but downstairs is really where where it was hot, you know, as far as voices and shadow people and slamming doors and stuff. It, It definitely was in the basement area there. So the basement's probably where some bad things went down. You you said you think it was a bar before it got. Yes, I think it was like a rough a rough bar um, before. You know, whoever bought it, it's definitely something that you should be looked into as to what's going on there. And like you said, the whole street maybe because um, there's quite a few apartments there, and, and all the people that I know that have gone in there have kind of mentioned being creeped out a bit. You know, mm-hmm. whether whether they were believers or not, they uh, they were creeped out. <laughs> Sounds like it could have been a bar where uh, Rhode Island's kind of known for like uh, an underbelly of criminal activity as well, right? If I remember correctly, without without getting too deep into it, with like maybe a little a little mob, a little mob related activity, perhaps. I don't want to speculate on that because I I definitely don't know. But uh, I think um, I, I think it has some ties. <laughs> yeah, so know. it's very possible that people might have been you know brought down there like that famous bar and. Um, with Whitey Bulger's bar there in Boston where they used to bring people and turn them into shepherd's pie in the basement. Um, it could have been a situation like that. Um, the Winter Hill bar or whatever it was. Um, so, I mean, it could have been that. It could have, it could have been a whole laundry list of crazy things that happened in the basement. But it sounds kind of like the, um, the basement is kind of where all that activity went down. Um... Ray, do you think the basement uh, in itself of, of any establishment is kind of going to be the hub of 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 paranormal activity because the the most away from everything, the most kind of the heart of 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 the building? You know what I mean? What do you think on that? Well, if you're taking going back to uh, that place in Woonsocket, if you're taking the fact that there's a lot of quartz in the ground and you're cutting into Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And you're disturbing the flow of the energy. Uh, that can that can contribute. Typically, basements um, you have that connection to the energy to the earth. You have uh, when people are going to do something that's not so nice. Basements are a favorite place for them to do it. It's away from everybody else. It's where they hide what they don't want. Um, if you go out on the west coast. I forgot what city, but it used to be like the Shanghai Tunnels where they would kidnap people. Um, that's where they would... Uh, there are also in many cities where they did have uh, ladies of the evening. They would uh, kidnap people and chain them in the cellar hmm. while they uh, broke them down before they got them to work. Cellars, basements, it's something that has been used for a long while for something that has not necessarily been nice. And... Uh, the possibility of things happen there uh, in that area or in that basement, I would say is probably high. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky, tricky, uh, tricky thing. Yeah, but I feel like you're right, Cindy. I think somebody should kind of, maybe we'll do that once COVID's up. We'll take a little stroll because, yeah, um, yeah once, once COVID's up, we're going to do some more out, outer on location investigation things a couple groups have invited us out to go join them and we'll have more guests on too once we're allowed to get back together like right now we get a three-way phone call so like we can't have too many people on um we did a call 
with with four people once and it got a little rough. So um, <laughs> once we get yeah, once everything's back to normal, we could all sit down and have all the guests on that would want you know what I mean, and that we can dip into those other stories yeah. and stuff that you were talking about it and you yeah, know, it's Heather, location. Heather can come on and stuff. Um, but um, yeah. Um, so is was there anything kind of else that happened at the club that 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 stands out? Well, no, you know, Heather and I got, got the apartment, you know, mm-hmm. he was nice enough so that, you know, and I went to a consignment shop, um, that morning early, you mm-hmm. know, secondhand, um, cause I was going to live half the week in Wareham and half the week out there and, um, you know, got to keep it budget friendly to have two places like that. So yeah. I went and her, she went with me laying out some stuff at a local secondhand, you know, and the house was broken up where my, or the apartment rather, where my room was in the back and then there was a room um, connecting her room to my room. You know, it wasn't quite a bedroom, just a room in between our two bedrooms and then the kitchen and then the living room. Um, and we started moving our stuff in and she had got a pole, you know, a dancer pole. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, I can't even put my Ikea furniture together, so never mind like, really into the ceiling and, and put and put the pole up so yeah. i didn't put the pole up um you know it was there um and then i had to go to work i had to go work my shift you know and, and she went to work and we went and we worked and we had a good shift and she got to leave earlier because i had to you know close up and and make sure everything is all set and i look at my phone and it says uh you did a great job with the pole hmm. so i you know but <laughs> yeah. so i, I <laughs> I didn't know what she meant. So, you know, I, I go walk across the street, and um, and this was at a time, like, I, I smoked cigarettes. I was a Marble Light smoker. Um, Got to keep that in mind there, um, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I got there, and, and I, and I you know, we start talking about work and how much money and like, what's happening and the drama. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, there's, we have no furniture. It's completely empty, <laughs> you know. And, um and, and then I said, what did, what did you mean about the pole? And and so we go into the room. You know, this is the room in between our two rooms. And look at this pole is standing straight up, straight straight up and down in the middle of the in, of the room. It, it's standing straight up and down all by itself. Fastened? And, and I, well, listen, I, I assumed that person it was fastened, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at her and I was like, I didn't do that. And she's like, well, I didn't do that. I thought you did that. And I was like, no, I didn't do that. And then we looked, and it wasn't fastened to anything at all. It was just, get up straight in the room. Damn. And she touched it, and it was standing up straight in the room. And we just kind of looked at each other and backed away into my bedroom, which was now in the back. And and and, and just, I don't even know what we said to each other. I don't, I don't know. But. We were looking around my room to see if there was anything that was weird. And then when we went back in the room, and Heather will tell you, that pole was laying down <laughs> against the wall. Did you hear a bang? No bangs? I never banged. I never heard a bang. It was Jeez. a big... Listen, these poles are like, I don't know, nine feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> metal. Nine foot tall metal pole. And it was laying down. You know, on on the ground. So now it's like I don't know, three, four o'clock in the morning, and we're we're just like done, you know, with with that room, yeah, and what happened, you know, kind of whatever. So we had old school Nintendo in the living room, 
we were playing Contra and Pac-Man that night, smoking Marlboro Light. And I, you know, when I smoke cigarettes, I put them out in the ashtray, you know. So we're just, you know, chit-chatting about what was happening. And I remember a smell of, um, like, if, if, if I had closed my eyes, I would think I was maybe at a fire. The smell, it was mm. overwhelming that we were kind of looking around the house to make sure it wasn't on fire. Interesting. Um, I never experienced a paranormal smell, ever. I've had paranormal experiences where things may be moved, but not so, you know, such a strong smell um, that we were just kind of roaming around the house looking, you know, for it. So we get back to the living room, and, you know, she goes into the kitchen for something, and then she came back, and we heard a huge crash in the back room, which was where my room is. And we went in the room and all the stuff that I had purchased at the secondhand store was spread out everywhere. Candles, pictures of my kids were thrown all over the room. Mm. The room was completely destroyed. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm not sleeping in this fucking room. Like, that's, yeah. that's not happening. So I got the, I got the, my, air mattress and I and I took it out to the living room and, and that's you know, when we got to the living room, the ashtray that I had um, you know been putting my cigarettes and smoking was the cigarettes were all over the floor and it was like someone stepped on them they were smushed hmm. like it, it was just it was just one thing after another in that house all night long but Heather, I know Heather backed me up. She lived, she lived it with me. That is crazy. I mean, you, you, you will hear stories of the the smells, the smoke and stuff. Like I assume, some there's probably a fire in that house, wouldn't you say, Ray? That's probably what that comes from. That that smell. Uh, fire, yeah, fire is the most likely thing at one time. Uh. Maybe someone liked to burn things, had ceremonies there, or did something in that house, and they would, uh, burn something. If it, it was just a burning smell without the, the addition of sage or herbs and stuff, then I'd probably go with fire. Hmm. What would bring, what would, is there a special type of ghost? Like, is it a poltergeist that would actually, um, stand things upright? Or could that be any, any type of spirit? I would say any any type of spirit, if it has the energy, it can do that. It doesn't have to be a poltergeist. If you go back to the smell thing, too, um, what uh, Cindy Lou has to think about, even these years later, did she, did she know anybody that she can associate that smell with? And the reason I say that is um, when I was young, I used to spend a lot of time with my grandfather, and he smoked a pipe. Mm. And later on in life... Uh, I would suddenly start smelling a pipe and there'd be no one around smoking anything. And shortly yeah. after, shortly after either he'd come up in a conversation or something would happen that would tie in. But it was like, I got to know that whenever I smell that pipe and no one was smoking, that he was around. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a campfire. It really reminded me of camping. If, if I was blindfolded and I, and I didn't realize where I was, I would say that I was at a campsite, you know, the feeling of a camping, you know, um, break out the s'mores. Um, 
that that's what kind of fire it felt like or smelled like. Maybe that was some of the Native American touch to it, where maybe they had a campfire right where that building was or something back in the back in a battle. That's where they kind of hung, not literally hung, but hung out. You know, maybe they hung. Who knows? Maybe they were hanged, <laughs> hanged and burned up. You never know. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. That's weird. When I seen that, if I seen that pool just up there like that. I would have issue because I know the pool you speak of, and they are. They're somewhat heavy, and they're solid. Yeah. Um, there's no way it would put itself up there. Did, did, um, I it, it took me to stare at the top of it not connected to the ceiling because when you I was looking at it, and I'm 5'2", I'm looking at it, it's straight up and down, um, and it had been up and down from the time she had called me when she got home to the time I finished closing up the club and walked across the street, and it was still up standing there. Hmm. So, you know, it, it was not just a couple seconds or anything, um, but when we went into my room, just to kind of look to see what else was going on, and came back in, that's really when my heart sunk, because it, it was laying down, and I, you didn't hear a bang. It was up against the wall, which was probably like four feet away. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think something was playing with you. I thought that was going to be the highlight of the night. I thought that was it. Never mind, you know, stuff starts getting thrown around and, you know, he's dumping out cigarette butts all over the place. And the fact that those butts were flattened, like I, like you would put them on the ground to put your butt out, you know, with your foot. Mm-hmm. No. But I, listen, I didn't put my cigarette out like that in the tray. Right. And her and I were just beyond... I don't think we slept that night. I really... I don't recall sleeping. I, I recall just waiting for the sun to come up and driving back to where him. <laughs> Ray, in a situation where there, if somebody might have burnt there, burnt there, been burned there, and died, do you think that they would be upset with cigarettes because the smoke comes from the cigarettes would remind them of what happened to them? Yes, definitely. Uh, fire, they wouldn't like it all. Smoke, they wouldn't like it all. So they'd want to turn around and uh, let you know it. Do you think maybe there was a weird vibe where, like, they knew that that pole had to go up? They put the pole up for her in their mind, and then she, the, her smoking the cigarettes, kind of upset it because of the smoke coming off of her. And or maybe if it was a, a Native American that liked tobacco, maybe it wanted the tobacco or something, and then that's why maybe it tore up the the the, the bedroom with the pictures and everything all over the place. I think a, I think the fire tie-in is the most important. I think that yeah. it just uh, it once the, the cigarettes, whatever it was, got angry, tore up the bedroom because she was the smoker, chose her bedroom, went back, trashed the cigarettes. So, yeah, I'd say it's a, it's the fire connection there. Possibly whether someone died in it in a fire that's still there, uh, some sort of fire connection, definitely. Did anything else ever happen at that place? How long you guys stay there for? Uh, we were there for just a couple months, mm-hmm. and uh, and I moved on to a different. You know, I went. I moved up to Boston, so um, you know, nothing like that to that effect. I remember things would be moved, and we always felt like somebody was watching. You yeah. know, in the windows and stuff. It was a first floor apartment, but it you just really kind of felt like you were being watched. So we weren't there for a very long time. Um, you know, but that night, really everything, I, I had enough, 
where I didn't need to see anymore. Um, I don't, I don't think I was going to be able to stay there. And I love paranormal stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I could live in that active of a house. Yeah. Everybody loves it until they got to deal with it head on. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. Now, did Heather live there by herself for a little bit, or did you, you all both move out at the yeah, same time? Yeah, I think time? she was there for a little bit after I left. So, you know, she would definitely be somebody that we'd want to definitely follow up with on, on the, her uh, her side of it, definitely. It's a very interesting area. Damn. So, oh, she, yeah. Uh, when you we talk about area, you're talking about paranormal, or are you talking about the, uh, like, Woonsocket area? I wouldn't sock it. Uh, that monastery, I'm not sure. I was just thinking it might have been Cumberland or Woonsocket, but they're right next to each other. Mm. And Lincoln is in the same area. Yeah. And also in that area, I can't remember the name of it now, but there used to be a, a small uh, ski resort in one of those two towns. I think it, uh, I'm not sure which one of it, which one, which is now closed. And at the base of it, they hold some public events now and then. If you are walking in the wooded area behind it and you head off into the woods, you start to encounter area where you, areas where you find circles, you find remnants of um, ceremonies, including animal skulls and parts, etc. Um, it's become so famous that at times uh, in October, they actually hold haunted tours where they take you out in the woods so that you can uh, experience or see things for yourself. So when you're talking Cumberland, Woonsocket, even parts of Lincoln, that whole area, very, very active. So the Native Americans would sacrifice up these animals? Who, who's no, the, these yeah. are, this wouldn't, this wouldn't be a Native American. These are, what they find there now is from recent Times uh, that people have gone out there and done ceremonies, uh, probably within the last ten years or so. But so it's a tr- tradition that's being continued. Is it a dark art? Yeah, I'd say I, I, I'd like to think, or I'd think at least anything, any any ceremony where you were killing a living thing would probably be a dark art. It wouldn't be a positive thing. Right? Most of what they find hints at the dark side. Yeah, the triangle has a lot of that weird um, satanic sacrifice stuff in it as well, which is nuts. But yeah, it's interesting in in in, in a land where something like that's practiced, it, it tarnishes the whole area. I think the whole land. You know, it's it's not just the grounds. I also feel like it's wherever that smoke would travel from. You know, the burning of the burning of the live live animal or maybe even human, you know what I mean? Um, Once you you open that portal and you start bringing in those negative energies, then it draws more of those energies, which, again, that will start drawing more people that will do the same thing. So it just kind of builds up and builds up and builds up and spreads out in that area. It's very strong. Yeah. Now, in that, did you have, was there any? Do you remember anything crazy else happening around that area? Like any? Is it known for any? You know, any murders went on or anything over there? We're gonna have to Google that. I don't. I where Woonsocket is just a rough city. Yeah. In, in itself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um. um yes. But 
I don't I don't recall any uh, any like it was the other the other apartment on the other side of it. One of the other girls was staying there, and uh, and she was always complaining her stuff was missing and she couldn't find it, and there was a funky smell she couldn't explain. Um, and I, I kind of experienced that smell one day too. I, you know, gave her a ride and, and went in our house for a minute just to, you know, say goodbye. And it was a, a, a pretty funky, unidentifiable smell. It wasn't um, with cooking or, I don't know, it was very pungent and, uh, and it smelled um, like it had been there for a while. Uh, but she would, she would say she got the creep. Um, definitely really old building. Um, not that you would know what rotting flesh smells like or a dead body, but you think it, like when you say it was like you, did, you couldn't you couldn't really it decipher. Pretty, yeah, I don't I don't know I I can't say that I've ever smelled a dead body, but um, I'm guessing that maybe you that's can, what it smelled like because it was really rough. You you don't have the dead body Yankee candle flavor? No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I wasn't good for Christmas. I didn't get one. <laughs> yeah. One of the last people we talked to, I, they were telling us a story about they 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 smelled rotting flesh in their in their house. And we was like, "Whoa, like I'm like, how do you get rid of that?" And eventually just like yeah. it, it drifted. Oh. Yeah, it, it eventually just went away, but yeah, like I, I assume when you say funky, that's what I think. I think of like maybe something that died or something. Yeah, definitely something from those scams. So, the, yeah, so did a, a lot of the girls kind of live in that area, or were they just coming in from all different places? Ah, uh, you know, he he. I know he scooped up the properties, and uh, and you know, uh, they were tenants. You know, most of them were from the area. Um, that was a very homely club. And, you know, now that they're um, bigger and probably more well known, he's probably pulling better quality of mm-hmm. entertainer from farther away. But when I got there, it was just. Hometown girl. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Hometown pride. Which, what's the difference that you encountered between, not even a paranormal question, but between home, hometown girls and girls that they bring in? What's the big difference in attitude and stuff? Is there one? Um, I think that the girls that travel, the girls that, you know, really, that travel are um serious about it you know what i mean and they they're the true entertainers okay. you know they don't just go through the motions um of the basics you know what the stereotypical girl these, these girls invest into it um into themselves mm. and you know i he, i i wasn't ever a dancer but i was definitely driving an hour and a half to work <laughs> you know so yeah. um because that's where the quality of club is i mean it is a, a little diamond in the rough in one socket there he's got a, a gem of a place yeah, it is kind of it is a dedication thing is what you're saying. You know, so the, the towny people are just kind of, they're doing it because it's a, a close, a job that's close to their house the same way they'd go to work at, you know, a stop and shop or a McDonald's or something like that. You do it out of mm-hmm. conve- convenience as opposed to passion. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he really took the property and he made it a destination because I don't think anybody really wanted to drive to one pocket, but he uh, he executed it well and made it a destination spot. It's definitely worth the trip just to go there. It's, it's a really beautiful club. They have fantastic food. Are you still friendly? Are you still friendly with them? Um, I mean, I'm not not friendly. <laughs> I haven't been, uh, since I had Julian, I'm not, uh, you know, past life and stuff, but it's, yeah. it, it's not out of the question. I, I You know, 
um, I think with the whole COVID and stuff and everything going on, um, but after all that, you definitely probably would want to maybe reach out. Um, he knows, um, I would say, you know, that his property is a hot spot and how I feel about it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because we'd trek up. If we had the okay from, I think we'd trek up there and do it. Uh, Rhode Island's also the home of um, H.P. Lovecraft, too, right, Ray? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I know we wanted to go check out his grave. Yeah, I've I've been there. Uh, The other thing I was thinking about, which uh, hasn't come up yet, is Mm -hmm. if you're talking about a gentleman's club, and you talk about the men in there, in many cultures, the uh, sexual energy... Mm-hmm. Is all is the life force. So when the men are there and they do get excited, and that's what they're focusing on, they're generating a lot of that life force and a lot of that type of energy, and it's very raw under mm-hmm. those situations. So they're putting that out, and that can very easily draw things in. Good point. Yeah. You guys ever deal with any weirdo guys that would be following the girls around? Like when you said that things were kind of mi- missing and moving. Um, from places, I almost wonder if it was some like weirdo guy in there that was like trying to steal underwear. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't judge everybody. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of different people that would come in different, and not just men, women. Yeah. Um, a lot of women, you know, would would, would definitely come in. Um, you know, things missing. You know, you put something down, it's not there. Things. Um, hairbrushes in the dressing room, the girls would, she stole my something, and then, you know, at the end of the night, how did it get right there, you know, kind of scenarios. Yeah, the attitude, when I brought up the attitude thing earlier, it wasn't like um, a personal thing, it was... uh, where they were they like they were personally had attitudes, but I know I do know that like in certain situations where there's like energy that even if if somebody came into work in a good mood, like the energy could sway them almost possession like in a way, not not to the point of floating off the ground and bleeding out of all their holes, yeah. but to the yeah. point, but to the point of at least you know having an attitude or being depressed, you know what I mean. Yeah. Now, I don't know about depressed, and, and, we're, and we're throwing alcohol on that, too, so kind of maybe blurred <laughs> yeah. that line a little bit. But um, for the most part, I think that, you know, I heard one time there was a DJ that kind of went crazy. I kind of think when I was there, I kind of went a little crazy myself yeah. as far as, um, you know, personal experiences goes as to what's reality and what's not. Um, so I do think that there is a presence there, you know, in uh, the same thing that that DJ might have said to me, you know, about that place and, and feelings that went on. I kind of probably experienced it myself. What did he say went on there in feelings? Well, just, um, you know, um, that there was a presence there that was not good, you know, really? and, I, and I I really didn't take him serious, you know, and that he was kind of going a little bit crazy. Um, and I, and I, at the time, I really didn't take him that serious until maybe I experienced a little crazy in my head myself. Yeah. Well, they can, yeah, they can definitely, I mean, the vibes with that, with that whole, the energy, you know what I mean? People on very, the, people underestimate energy a lot, but it's all, we all <laughs> thrive, we thrive, like we have energy going through our bodies, keeping us alive. Our energy is pretty much our souls, I feel like for the most part. So when there's another energy in the mix that kind of, you know, crosses over or inter- interrupts our energy, like I can, it definitely has an effect, you know what I mean? And more so than I think people understand. 
What do you think, Ray? Oh, definitely. Um, I think uh, uh, Einstein was, was the one that said matter is nothing but energy slowed down. Yeah. If you also take a look, uh, we're electrical systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have electrical impulses. That's how the brain operates. Electricity is a form of energy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to uh, manifest itself. And raising that energy level and raising that vibration, um, you connect to other energies that are out there. And uh, that's how how you make the link. And uh, I'm sure you might have ran into a few people that made, might have had some, like, addiction problems or so, maybe, in, the, in that business. Cindy Lou? Oh, just, just when you're tangling, tangling with alcohol in general, you're yeah. going to, you know, deal with people that, you know, have addiction problems. They say, uh, poison. Yeah, they, they say that that is. They say that, like, an addiction problem is, like, a, a negative spirit that kind of consumes... Uh, almost like a possession type deal. Some people say. So that's yeah. interesting. I think it's aerobic. It, it, the word alcohol itself, mm-hmm. um, it means soul snatcher. Oh yeah, man! I am. I'm big. Like I don't really drink that much. I grew up in a family with like a lot of alcoholics in it. So like I've always, and my grandfather, um, used to run a halfway house. So I spent. I spent a lot of my summers with these people that lived in the halfway house hearing their stories of how their lives have fallen apart and all, all you know, drugs and alcohol, all types of horror stories. So it's like, um, I'm not trying, I'm not judging or anything, you know what I mean? But it, it, it it's one of those things. It's like, it, it is, it consumes and it, it, it does destroy lives. I think alcohol is one of, you know, one of the most, and it's so... Alcohol is weird because it goes back to the Ouija board thing that me and Ray always talk about. How Ouija boards are like gateways to this dark energy that you can get at a cheap. You, you think it's, you feel it's dark? Huh? I said you feel it's dark. Yeah, and, and a Ouija board you can get at it. You can go to Walmart in the kids section and get it. You know what I mean? And then on yeah. the on the flip side, every 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 street just about has a liquor store. Every like. You know, not like a suburban street. You know, every every city street, every comer- like commercial, industrial street. You know, they all have liquor stores in them, and it's kind of like <laughs> one of those, one of those like, one of, it's, alcohol is like one of those things that are kind of they're negative but accepted type deal. Um, but it's it, it has such a hold on people that there's no way that they could ever just shut it down. I mean, you look at prohibition, like when they tried to shut down alcohol in the past, and the bootleggers brought it in because people had to have it. Like it was one of those things. Like if you, if they, if tomorrow they said, Hey, alcohol is no longer going to be sold to the public. Do you want to talk about some chaos going on? You know what I mean? There'd there'd be people dying. There'd be people drinking. I have an uncle that drank rubbing alcohol in rehab. You know what I mean? Like there'd be people drinking, people be drinking, rubbing alcohol and mouthwash and doing whatever they could to get, get fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, hey, hey, going back to the Ouija board, I yeah. never had a negative experience with the Ouija board. You, oh, well, never... let's let's talk about that because just about everybody we talk to on the show is afraid of Ouija boards. So let's go into your Ouija board. I'm not afraid of the Ouija board. What? What is that? I was like, I mean, it, I am. 
what's I mean they made some great movies, you know, kind uh, of putting it, you know, yeah. putting it out there, but yeah. I've used the Ouija board, um, and I've had all good experiences. Yeah. Um, good communication, good questions, positive feelings, not heavy at all, um, not feeling watched or paranoid. Um at all. Um, you know, I've had uh, have asked um some pretty weird questions um that I've gotten good answers from, you know, you when tell. I was a kid. Um um, you know, playing around with it with my friends and stuff. I, I'm not really sure if they were moving it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hope they weren't moving it. Um but then, you know, as I moved into adulthood and I took um, you know, my knowledge of the cult and in, mm-hmm. in, in things that have happened to me and what I and what I reach out for in life. Um and it was, you know, talking to past um really I hope it's being honest with me, but you know, t- people that were with me, their relatives that have passed and uh, were able to say hello and, and and make a contact. Um and just to experience it move by itself um in that feeling is, is just overwhelming and uh a great form of validation that there is that connection. I, I, I think it's it's more of like a, a rod, a lightning rod, uh to another dimension that we all know exists. It is. <laughs> the, the 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 crazy part the thing that we talk about with the Ouija boards is it's like what you do is you're opening up you open up kind of a door and like I hope that you talk to relatives and stuff like that and I'm not saying that you didn't but it's like you're opening up a door and, and anything on the other side can kind of come through. And everything on that other side wants the attention of the living. So my whole thing with it is, is you don't exactly know what's coming through. That, that That's my only worry with it. And we've had, like when I was a kid, I heard a, um, I heard, I've, ever since a really young kid, I've always heard a story my uncle told me where uh, him and his girlfriend did a Ouija board once and... They um, um, they they started getting answers that were creeping them out. So they put the Ouija board in a fireplace, and it wouldn't burn. It took forever to burn, so to speak. It burned eventually, but it took forever to burn, and it was making like a hissing sound. Wow! As it was burning, and what's weird is, uh, Ray, you still there? I'm here. What was it? The last episode of the, uh, of the uh, I think oh, it was yeah two episodes yeah the last episode we recorded that'll be out this coming week. I want to say that guest was talking about them burning a Ouija board and it doing the same exact thing. And it, they, they they brought that up before I brought up my story, which I've told on the show a couple times. And um, so that ever since hearing that story, cause I kind of grew up in the church a little bit, so I always had like a weird. Like, uh, like I believe in the devil and stuff like that, and eat really like real evil in the world, and like, um, so I try not to mess with it too much. That's why when we did that Victoria shoot, there was like, it it was a crossover for me because I've never really dealt with straight Satan type things in my films, <laughs> and that's why I think there was so much madness that came along with that film. Um, oh, there was definitely the energy that day that, that turned absolutely. Yeah, that that was it was it was wild. But um, I know you said you've you've had a lot of, you know, good experiences with the Ouija boards. Do you remember any precise, you know, the, any of the situations that with the questions and answers that were asked and and, and given? Um, you know, um, the girl, one of the girls that you know played with me, she passed away um, years ago. But mm-hmm. you know, she really introduced me to this whole world. 
um, that I, I knew only little glimpses of, you know, growing up. Um, and, you know, we would just ask silly questions and it was very fun. And, and it, you know, let me see that day that we, we went to her house and, um, we're just asking like what was going to happen in our future and, um, and everything. And, and I, and I want to say, you know, there was, um, a hint of, um, of sadness there, or mm. it had said, um, something uh, along the lines of death. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how long it was between using the Ouija board and her death. And I don't equate the two whatsoever. Um, no, so it's not really, it, no, you I don't. Um, it, she, it was, it was really tragic, but I, I well, feel kind of yeah. like that day and I'm, I'm trying to remember and I, I didn't realize I was going to have to remember this, but, um, <laughs> She, you know, her and I, she opened me up to, like, the Nerubi prophecy, and she, she really was an enlightened person for someone her age. Mm. Um, she was an entertainer. Okay. She was one of the first entertainers, you know, um, that I met and, and befriended. And um, and I played with her a few times. Um, I mean, I don't want to equate it to it because, you know, I'm alive, and I played with it, too. Um, so... You know, but it, it was a hap- It was not a, a bad day. We didn't feel like it was a a negative president presence there whatsoever. Um, and I and I have a Ouija board that sits in my living room. Um, yeah. And you know, I don't allow my daughter to play with it. I think that she needs to educate herself more on um, truth. Uh, before you do start touching things, it does need to be. Re- it needs to be responsible. I don't think it should be on the. On the shelf at Walmart, being sold to thirteen bucks to kids, yeah. um, it's a precious tool um, that should be taken seriously. But I personally think that you can make negative out of anything with a thought. That's true. Dolls, you know, you, you burning dolls, you know, dolls are possessed, not just Ouija boards. So I, I just think Ouija board gets a bad rap. Now, when you say you don't equate it to her passing, do you think that um, when you say do you think it? Uh, do you mean that you don't like blame the Ouija board for it happening, or do you mean you don't think that the the the, the sadness and the death thing that it spoke about at that time was about her? Yeah, I don't think. I, I think um, I, I don't want to say that the Ouija board said she was going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. Um, I'm trying to remember all the different questions that we were asking, um, but I I think it was like, are we going to be rich? Are we going to live forever? Are we going to you know marry doctors? kind of thing it was silly fun mm-hmm. um that had a moment of pause and then you know some time after she passed um so i don't i i don't want to say that playing with the ouija board cursed her because then i would have to say that i'm cursed too wouldn't i uh yeah i got uh, ray what's your t- that's a question for ray the um what do you, what's your take on that? Would it be a, uh, what if, if somebody was more welcoming of the info? Do you think that would it would go deeper with them, or what? That's possible. My question for uh, Cindy Lou is: Do you feel you have any abilities, empath or otherwise? And the second, a second question. <laughs> I take that as a yes. <laughs> The I'm very half- interested in Lilydale, New York these days. I am. I'm very, very interested in Lilydale, New York, because I never really put a label on anything, yeah. and I and I don't really talk about it too much. No. 
Um, and have you ever studied any of the various disciplines to develop those things or at least explore Yeah, I've, I've studied quite a few things. I can read playing cards. I, uh, I think uh, at some time in my life, someone tried to throw some tarot cards down my throat, and I just don't. I'm not against tarot cards. I like having mine read, you know, but I don't jive with that. I jive with playing cards, and that's probably a, um, you know, something about me that my closest friends that you ask, they'll know that of me because I've done it my whole life. It's probably I started when I was like 11 or 12 years old, but, um, yeah, I, I can read cards, um, playing cards, sure. Uh, when you were young, did you have imaginary friends? Um, when I was young, I knew something was watching me. When I was young, I probably had an experience where um, I was lifted up off the ground hmm. in a house that we lived in in Onset. I would love to drive by and show you this house. It's pretty cool and old. Um, that's really when I probably around seven to nine years old is when my first experiences started happening around me. Um, I've had one experience where I had a spirit take over my body. That's, that was a fun day. That's probably a story for another day. Uh, another one probably as unbelievable as today's story. Um, I've had, you know, electricity. Um, you guys experienced it in the earlier. The phone dropped. When I get too excited about things, um, you know, things start happening, and I, I can't always explain them. <laughs> okay, now, uh, I understand why all that happens. Uh, that's, that's also something for another time. Uh, when, you do, when you do have abilities, what, until you learn to control them, electronics don't do very well around you. Particularly no, they don't like stuff. me. <laughs> True. No, they don't. I've gone through three iPhone chargers this week, Ray. Three. <laughs> it's expensive. I think you need a little bit of guidance there, but just on the financial aspect of it, so you don't keep on getting new chargers. <laughs> Get the control of this. Um, the, 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 a question along the same lines. Do you know of anybody, uh, could have been parents, grandparents, aunts, or anything like that, that ever spoke about or hinted that maybe they had I. Uh, abilities or a firm belief? Um, when my mom was younger, she had books, and my dad made her get rid of them, and to this day, she doesn't speak of this, and I do not cry because she's very Christian, and she believes, um, you know, very strongly in the Bible and God, and I respect it. It's beautiful religion, mm -hmm. um, but for me, I, I don't put myself in a category. If I did, I would say I'm a spiritualist um, because I'm still looking for truth myself. Um and, I, and I'm careful who I share my experiences with, um, but sometimes I don't have a choice. Um, you know, it, it, I don't... Um, that's why I, said, I mentioned early, I'm very interested in, in Lilydale, um, New York, and spending some time there. Um, in Onset, where in Wareham, Onset is very uh, spiritual, sacred ground. In Onset, there's the spiritualist church in the wigwam, um, and I definitely have been... You know, in my new life here in the last couple of years, since I'm not in the nightclubs, have taken um, in, and focused more on curiosity of, of my abilities that probably when I had the super cool job, I put on the back burner. And um, and, and now life has brought me to a point where it's, it's, it's making me pay attention to it. And the people around me are ghost hunting <laughs> and believe me and are witnessing it and, witnessing it and experiencing it. So now I, I, I do have that want to kind of develop it and see see what we have here um 
it, it, it's exciting, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, it, it's something that I don't, I don't really have ever talked about. Yes or no questions only. Did you okay. Know your, did you know your grandmother? Yeah. Okay. Uh, short, heavy set? She was not short and heavy set, no. You had an aunt that was short and heavy set? An aunt, short, heavy set. Everyone literally in my family is tall and skinny. <laughs> okay, then that, that's that's not the person coming through. Um, if I were you, I would take a look into uh, your family tree. Uh, yeah. And um, I, see, I, see what's there, where they, where they yeah. came from. Right. You know, my mom, the first person to introduce me to any of this was a woman, and she was in Meadow Barrow, and they had an event called Crazy Days, and her name was Nora. And in the 80s, my mom um, would seek her out for card reading, and she was the one that really recognized it in me, um, and she was short um, and a little was bit she, chubby. So if I have to get to right now... Right was on. she wearing gray, or was there anything to do with the color gray? Yes, yeah, she her gray moo moo. Okay, moo -moo. it was her. Yep. Yeah, the gray. Okay, yeah. I saw. I saw um, the short. Yeah, older lady. She was good friends with my grandmother and a grandmother type, and probably um, the first person I remember as a child that recognized that there was something probably a little different about me. And she's in spirit now. She is for a long time. Yeah, she's been dead for years. Okay, she's with you now. Yeah, um, I had a, a, a hopes of a woman try to tell me I, did, I should get rid of her, but I, I do believe she's she follows me wherever I go, and she reminds me that I need to remember who I am. No, no, she she she's friendly. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you you don't don't get rid of her. No, keep her keep her around. Seek her guidance. She's she's one of one of your guides. Somebody who's uh, here to help you. Ray Ray is good about these things. He's medium. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Ray's read a few people, and, and you know, whenever somebody comes into the fray, um, he can you know he he he's, he 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 can he can pinpoint these people that are around them, and they they've. He hasn't failed yet. He's done it like what four, like three or four times, if I, maybe more. That he's just kind of opened up and said, "Hey, I'm seeing this person." Described them, and the person's been able to say, "That's this person." Uh, well, actually, this is the first time over the phone, but uh, yeah, over the phone, you, yeah, she'll, she'll help you. We did it in person with uh, Melissa. We did it with. I remember on the on the show. Now the thing is, when you you your experience with the Ouija board may be different because of your background and abilities, and her help I, that I, will change that will change it around as far as what comes through and how it works for you. Yeah, I I just I, I believe strongly in the power of thought, and that goes for everybody, no matter what they believe. Um, that if, if there's going to be negative thought, you're going to bring. You're going to bring negative to you, whether you're holding a Ouija board or a Bible. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's, if you, if your intentions and your thoughts are negative, then 
that's that's what we have here. Um, so if I try to stay positive these days and grateful and um, because it, negative is there. You have to have negative without positive. I don't think you can have one without the other, right? Right. Uh, yep, you have two sides of one coin. It's like speaking things out. It's the same thing as praying. Like you can either pray to God and say, God, give me this, or you can say, you know, this car is mine. I want this car. It's got to become mine. I think that's the same exact thing as praying, just speaking it yeah. out into the world until it becomes real. And I just think when you, with the Ouija board, you know, and people are moving it, they're thinking like, hey, creepy, let's think, let's think negative and let's think about manifesting something that's negative and opening a portal to something that they're thinking about it. So if they're thinking about it, of course it's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. It's actually, I mean, that's how I, I'm guilty of that myself. Like if I was sitting down to do a Ouija board, I would definitely immediately think that it was going to be a negative thing coming through. Poor, poor Ouija board, man. Gets a bad rap. Well, yes. Matt, you didn't want to know me in college. No? While you were all about the Ouija board? <laughs> I, I did an experiment one time about the susceptibility of people. I didn't tell them. Uh-oh. It was a room with a smooth <laughs> floor. I could set up a card table and had people sit around it. Mm-hmm. And I put a piece of paper in the middle and drew a symbol on it. And everybody invited into that room, I told them they were going to communicate with spirits. And yes, we were sober, we weren't stoned or anything like that, but (laughs) I wanted to see how people would respond to suggestion. And this is where words and suggestion comes in. I would tell them I would start, I told them I started to feel something. I could feel it. It's near the table. I can see it's, it's making the table move. And they had their hands on the table. And after a while, the table started shaking. And then I, I said, my God, it's moving the table. It's going, it's going. And then after a while, it kind of moved off to the side, and they all freaked out. They were so focused on the table, they didn't realize that they were causing it to happen under my suggestion. Hmm. So your words, your intent, and your energy can not only influence other people. It reaches beyond this sphere in, into the other world. So you have to be very careful at how you approach and what you put out there. Because you'll draw the same thing back. If it's if you're putting out fear, you'll draw fear. You're putting out anger, you'll draw anger. You're putting out positive, that's what you get back. So you think that's the same deal with the Ouija board, where they're they're, they're thinking about it so much that they do in fact move the the little pe- marker themselves. In some cases, yes. In other cases, if the person is uncertain of themselves or has an agenda and stuff, they may be opening a portal if they have any ability at all. Uh, and sometimes that ability comes from pain. Um, there's uh, a Native American uh, belief that people who uh, suffered trauma when they were very young, their soul or their brain doesn't fully heal, so they're open to the spirit world. They will end up as medicine men hmm. because, because they can connect. Now, you take someone who is traumatized and they're using the Ouija board. Well, that energy and that connection is there. They may open something not even realizing it. And, yeah, there are some people that are moving it because they're having fun spooking their friends, but there are some people there that are definitely opening a door they shouldn't be, and there are some people like Cindy Lou who can safely use it for communication because of who she is and her background and her attitude. Uh, it's something that works for her. 
Now you also think that close to death, near death experiences keeps the, keep keep as well as trauma. I don't know if you you were meaning to that by the trauma statement, but that ties people oh keeps people open too. Like you almost died when you were younger. I almost died when we had Dave Maggot on. He had the story of how he almost died, and now he thinks that he can, you know. Uh, see things and speak with people. Cindy, did you ever, when you were younger, did you have any near-death experiences? Yeah, I, I had a couple of them. Um, you know, just, I, I was born on the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. It starts there, you know, and then um, I almost drowned when I was a little girl in a pond. Um, a man named Wade pulled me out in the nick of time. And then right around the time that I started on well, I didn't realize when I was younger. I thought I didn't know what was going on. But at the time that I now know what was changing with me and what I was being sensitive to and what I could see and hear and know before I should have, um, I got a, a, a blood disorder, you know, mm -hmm. and they didn't know what it was for a long time. And I had to have a couple surgeries. Um, and it, it was scary. I did die, almost die, uh, you know, nine years old, 10 years old. Yeah. And that, that was about the time that, um, that I, I started, you know, things started happening that, you know, maybe I, I, I couldn't explain, you know, like I said, one day, um, forever, I, I really could tell you that I was, I was lifted up off the ground in my bedroom and on set as a little girl and I, and I was suspended in the air floating. This more than once or just a one-time occasion? Just, I only recall it one time. There's one day in one memory that I recall, yeah, I'm, I wish I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but this, <laughs> that, that one moment there, my whole life or, you know, a good part of the beginning of my life, I questioned my sanity because it was so real and it, it was so real to me that I probably fought with myself through my teenage years, um, over, you know, what, what really is real and what's not because it is that real of an experience for me in that room. Um, being a young girl lifted up off the ground for a numerous amount of minutes. It was not um, like a second up in the air. I suspended in air for a while. Ray, what's your take on the levitation thing? We had a guest previously talk about levitating once. Um, and I asked, I brought up the fact of it, were they going through anything like emotionally at the time? Because I think like heavy emotions and Ray's talked about you know, when you're becoming sure. a teenager and there's a lot of emotions and I think even yeah. puberty play, it, puberty plays into it a little bit too. Um, it, no, you, I think you hit the nail on the, on the head because it was at the time that my parents were divorcing. Yeah. It was a traumatic experience for me at that time. Um, my dad had like a raging, um, you know, alcohol problem mm -hmm. and, um, and it was, it was tearing us up. So I can definitely equate what you're saying as an experience to that. And what happened to me as a possibility, Ray? What do you think levitation is? Do you think that's like a, for lack of a better example, like a stigmata type thing, like some weird spiritual thing that happens, or what? What, what do you attest levitation to? Uh, levitation can be possession. Um, I think that when you're talking about extreme emotions, you're also talking about extreme extreme energy mm. and you're disrupting the energy field around you um, that can uh, possibly cause it I do know that um, and if you're talking about in this case let's say uh, monks in Tibet 
and also people that I've encountered and at one time did some training with. Uh, there are meditations for levitation to be able to restructure uh, the energies and the matter around you so that you actually lift up and levitate. Um, is it real? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's definitely real, but there, I'd also put multiple potential causes for it. I just want to say there was nothing ever negative as far as energy and feeling. It was always peaceful. Um, I always kind of equated it to um, being an element of the wind and it introducing itself to me. That's really what I felt. I've always made that experience for myself, justifying it in, in the air as um, an introduction to the world and just letting me know right off the bat that I was a, uh, you know, um, a servant to the wind. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and a flip to that was in the last episode, I brought up a new thing about where we were talking about boogeymen, like per, or, or boogie women, um, personal ones. Like when I was a kid, I had almost like a certain boogie woman that would come, that it would be a reoccurring nightmare. And I was wondering if you ever had anything like that. Um, I've had like everyone that reads me always picks up on other energies with me. Some people have told me it's bad. Um, I never really show my hand when I'm dealing with people that claim to be mediums ever. Mm -hmm. um, never. I, if, if you're going to read me and I let you read me, um, there's probably you have no knowledge that I have any experience in, in anything um, uh, paranormal or however we want to label it, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that I have these little hidden gifts of myself. I don't, I don't tell anybody because I want to hear what they're going to say. And, um, and the one consistent thing is that there's someone with me, you know, and, and at time to time, I think it's different. And some, some people tell me it's negative. Um, and, and some people tell me that it's, uh, my grandmother or this person or that person. But for me, um, I don't want to label it because I don't, I think it's just bigger than that. You know, I don't. I don't think it's um, one single spirit or one single um, thing. I think it's a whole, um, a whole universe like tapping me on the shoulder and is with me. I don't know how else to describe it. I really don't. Yeah. And I just have to make sex to talk about it. And I really did it. So <laughs> um, I, I think I'm just taken off guard a little bit. Um, but it's uh, definitely with me. I don't think it's negative, and. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I don't want to call it, uh, like I said, a person, but, but definitely, um, an energy that's, that's with me all the time, even right. when I don't want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I know that's how Ray's technique is when he's reading people. He doesn't like to know anything about them. He just likes to dive in and see what he can say, you know? Um, Ray, are you seeing anything negative around her? People have said that she's had a negative around. I know you, that, that the lady in the gray, which was a positive thing, but do you feel any negative vibes or? Uh, no. What, I'm, what came to mind while she was talking is that, um, you may want to investigate connecting with your higher self. Um, are you familiar with that at all? So I have had, um, um, moments of my life where when I was younger, I, uh, I was like, okay, I have all of these experiences. I must be a Wiccan. 
so let me run to Wiccan school real quick. <laughs> and then, and, and then it's, um, okay, so maybe this, there's parts of this that are, are, I feel are truth and parts of it I don't feel are, are part of my truth. And then I move on to meditation. And really, when I was living, um, working in the nightclub and stuff, I really didn't dedicate, um, I didn't give this part of myself enough attention and, and the universe is going to, you know, it's making me, I have this yellow bird talking to me right now. I'm sorry. It's, it's in front of the car. I'll take a picture of it. There's a bird, like a yellow bird talking to me right now. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you got my attention. Um, but I, I, I want to develop it. And I, and I think maybe this is a conversation that I, I want to have with you, Matt, probably after is, you know, where, where I, put this in a back burner it's time probably in my life where I take the steps to see really what I can do yeah I mean, Ray is good for that too Ray probably knows more in all honesty knows more about the spiritual side than me I'm more of like a guy who's very interested in, Ray thinks I can Ray thinks I'm an empath which I could be but um, Ray is more of the guru type guy but we're putting together a mm-hmm. team you should be on our team you should be on our big uh, paranormal team <laughs> there's, there's something that when when people say you know someone is with you um, I have a spirit guide I call my grandmother now I call her my grandmother because that's how she presents to me as a grandmother she is not a grandmother I asked once to see what she really what she really looked like um, and it scared the crap out of me so I said, okay, I'll take grandmother. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's something something there with me. Yep, I'll call it yeah, grandmother. Good idea. Yep, you were right. Uh, but there, at any given time, there are multiple uh, forms with you. Um, they can be ancestors, parents. They can be spirit guides, uh, different energies. Once you start connect, you raise your you raise your vibration uh, to mm-hmm. a higher level and start connecting to your higher self and level. Then you are notice your connection to all of these things around you, all of these things that most people who are grounded with the mundane uh, are unaware of and not open to. And that can include things from past lives, um, all of this stuff you start to see and you start to be open to. Um, and as you do that, you also work on building up your protections to keep yourself shielded against not only the negative, but you can't function day to day all the time completely open. Right. So that you work on raising your energy, opening yourself up, setting certain boundaries. And there are whole worlds and experiences that uh, open up to you that most people would say, no way. But uh, there are things that they cannot explain um, I mean, one thing I very rarely mention, I studied with, with a group that did the meditation uh, for levitation. And I thought I didn't succeed until somebody said, you know, you came about an inch or two off that chair. I said, oh, well, I was so into it, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I haven't done it in years, but it's really curious. I didn't pursue it for that reason. It was just a uh, mastery of the self type of uh, meditation um, when I was in that in that training group, but there are a lot of things that can happen um, 
you can seek advice uh, from those on the other side, being careful who you seek the advice from, and then uh, you just grow yourself with their help, and a whole world opens up to you. What did that grandmother look like, Ray? Uh, okay. I'd say probably around 5'8", 5'9", long robes, long hair, mix of mostly gray, some Mm -hmm. black in it, slightly overweight, soft features. Very pleasant. The one that when you she was, the one she was grandmother. The one that you seen? Yes. Okay. The one that uh, the spirit tied one, yes. Okay. Now do you, when you these spirit guides, do you think you could be when you have these people around you, do you think that it's some of them could be positive and negative or would they all have to be the same vibe? Um, if they're guides, it's positive. They're there to help you. Yeah, they're there to guide you, to help you develop, grow, help you in your life, both this world and growing your spiritual past. So guides, uh, they sometimes may be very dem- actually they can at times be very demanding, but it's for your own good. But they're all positive. Have you ever read somebody and had like a real negative person around them? Uh, no. Uh, one thing, and this this goes back to uh, what Cindy Lewis was saying, is that. Um, usually when I, when I used to do, I used to do galleries mm-hmm. and I would say, I want yes or no. And one reason why, when she was saying, oh yeah, there was this lady that did readings that I started saying gray, gray, gray mm-hmm. is because I didn't want information. I wanted gray, which mm-hmm. gray with it. Cause I would tell people something. I say, give me a yes or no. And they, and they would say, oh yes. And they'd say, well, that sounds like I would literally throw my hands up and say, stop. And then I keep giving them information. That way they knew if I didn't let them give me any information at all, it had to come from spirit. Because a rule was I didn't want to meet anybody ahead of time. I don't want to know anything about them. And I don't want them to talk to me except for a yes or a no. Yeah. And that's it. And that's why, much like uh, Cindy Lou, what if I go to a medium, I will sit there and they'll, they'll ask me a question. I'll say, you tell me. Mm-hmm. Truth. And that's it. When I read, I, I don't want to know anything. I, do, I just want to know what the cards are going to tell me. I don't want any, I don't like any information. I, I cut people off too. Um, cause I don't want any influence so that I can trust what I'm being told. That's the way to do it. Now, Cindy Lou, do you ever, do you do any, um, any prayers or for protection? I know that protection is one thing that me and Ray are always talking about with people, even while us um, doing the show. Yeah, before, yeah. yeah, before, um, like I said, like the whole, like I jumped into like learning about Wiccan and then I, I kind of backed off from that. Some things I wasn't really driving with and mm-hmm. I really been reading about spirituality and, um, I just read the prophets and really the last three years of my life I've, is the most I've taken um, this serious, um, as, as far as, you know, uh, pursuing knowledge as to what, to find my truth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and find out who I really am. Um, so it, when I meditate, the second I meditate, um, I, I can open up my eye pretty quick. Um, and then I, I let the shapes come in and I, I kind of let it go 
from there to see where I can go. But I haven't developed it. And I, and it, it comes to me at rare times. Michelle and I, my friend Michelle and I and her friend Katie went to a concert and while we were driving in the car, the lady's grandma like jumped on in, <laughs> oh. you know? And then I was going, okay, it's H. And she's like, her name's Helena. And I'm like, she's a gardener. She's a little Portuguese woman. She doesn't speak any English, you know what I mean? And I'm just, you know, throwing it out to the point where now I'm in tears and she's in tears. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, sort it out <laughs> eventually. Dude, but when you when you close when you open and close doors, do you ever do any type of prayer or anything? Just because, like, when, so, when oh, that's, that's that's where I was going. I've been learning about circles okay. and uh, and honing honing the circle. Um, maybe in um, is it Jewish? Um, honing. I think there's two stories of mm-hmm. honing. Is it honing? H O N I. I've heard that before. Am I saying it right, Ray? I'm not sure. That's, it's, uh, so he's a, a circle caster. Um, circles are really important. Triangles are really important. Um, and so um, I do not um, believe that a – I believe in prayer. Um, I believe in um, – I don't, I don't believe that I need to protect myself um, because I believe that whatever would come at me, I'm confident I could handle. Is that weird? I don't know if that's the right way to say this. That's a question. Um, because I, I, I know that there are some, I, I, I've read, you know, particularly, you know, why people need to do, you know, particularly in witchcraft where they do the circles and they open it and they close it and mm-hmm. don't walk backwards. And, um, and I, and I get it and I, I get why they go through the motions, but there's an element of fear there that creates those motions. And I, I don't have any fear. Um, I, I not to say that when a door slams in front of me, and when weird stuff happens that I can't explain, yeah. I don't get startled or excited, and my adrenaline's pumping. But um, I, I don't fear. I, I, I don't fear it to the point where I feel like I need to like um, draw a circle around my house to make sure that these negative energies can't get in um because negative's going to exist we have to know how to deal with it i don't fear it no so i guess my answer to your question is i i is a yes and no i feel that circles in making circles create um protection circles create positive vibes that people need in general and that people probably should follow um the advice of you know protecting themselves with amulets and prayers and things like that but for me on a personal level I, I i don't care anything that could possibly come at me do you feel like it can't it can't come into your realm it's, that it's in its own realm and then when you close the door it's back there and not no longer with you i just think that i have that much control over my thoughts that in, in myself that whatever negative would come at me what what could it do to me yeah ray what's your take I, on that? I, yeah, you were saying, sorry. I cut you off. So, no, um, the thing that, the thing to watch out for is that the brighter someone's light gets, um, or the farther someone, I'll put it a different way, the farther someone goes along in a path, 
and potentially the, a greater threat they are to evil or evil's plans, then they do become at risk. Mm. There, there's a potential there that they want to sideline you. Uh, it may not be by the devil showing up at your door. It may be by throwing something into your life that sidetracks you and gets you off your path. There can be many different ways it can, it can come at you. I do believe if you get and if you can raise your vibration enough, if you can bring in what people would say, bring in enough light, if you can connect yourself to goodness strong enough, then uh, from most most of the time, you don't or shouldn't go around fearing evil. But there are dark forces out there that uh, mm-hmm. occasionally pop in and don't try and turn your life up, upside down just to throw, throw you off path, just to uh, set you back. Mm. I agree. Shit. Well, we're, uh, we're we're reaching that hour and a half mark. We're a little over it. We're at an hour and 36 minutes. Does anybody else want to uh, ask any other questions or any statements before we wrap up the show? Um, I, I think this is great, and I, uh, and I really want to – I want Ray to be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants and, Ray uh, to be your best friend. Yeah, I want, I want Ray to be my best friend, please, and uh, – and, Thank you so much uh, for for having me talk about this and do this. It's definitely um, made me feel great about um, actually, you know, great about who I am and what I am, but not alone, which is something that it's kind of been for a long time. Well, you're a great person. Love you. And Cindy Lowe. Yeah. Google Google up two things. One is Flower of Life. Okay. The other one is Merkaba. Merkaba. M-E-R-K-A-B-A-H. Okay. At some point in the future, you can let me know what you think about those two. Okay. I will. You guys connected on Facebook? You guys friends on Facebook? Oh, yeah. I stop great every day. Not to bring Facebook into such a spiritual conversation. (laughs) But... But yeah, we're, we're we're absolutely gonna have you on again to talk to ca- just to catch up because you you're one of us. You're right in there. You know what I mean. You know yeah. your stuff. So we could have you on to, to do discussions and to talk more about some of the paranormal you've dealt with. There's many things we could have you on for, which is good. Some people can only come on and do one episode, which is completely fine because you know they have a certain topic. But it sounds like you got a lot of stuff that you can kind of just go go with the flow on a lot of the things we we we, we discuss. So we'll definitely have you back on for more episodes. Honored. We are honored as well. Yes, we are. Hell yeah. So on that note, we'll wrap up the show. We want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks, Cindy Lou, again for being a guest. Another great episode. Ray, thank you for all your knowledge. I enjoyed it. Hell yeah. And uh, we'll catch everybody on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. (laughs) 